Finally, I get to discuss a conference that I attended more than one or two games. Granted, it was just three, but the Ohio Valley Conference I I have as a 16 seed in number 64. Last year, it was Southeast Missouri State. Uh, The way this conference structures their tournament is that the one and two seeds end up getting a triple bye. Southeast Missouri State was able to win four straight games to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament led behind Philip Russell. This year, I have three teams, excuse me, four teams in Tier 1 up at the top, so a very competitive conference up at the top. I've got to finish first in the regular season last year. I look for them to repeat again. It's Moorhead State under Coach Preston Spraldon. Moorhead State runs in exact opposite style to the majority of the league. This is one of the fastest playing leagues um, in all of college basketball. You'll look up at the end of the year and six of these teams will be in the top 50 in the country in terms of the possessions that they get, the tempo, pace of play that they play at. Um, The next... uh, couple teams that I have are SIU Edwardsville at two, went nine and nine last year, and then Tennessee State and Tennessee Martin at three and four, who both went 10 and eight last year. In the next tier, I've got teams five to eight, Tennessee Tech, Western Illinois, who's coming over their first season in the Ohio Valley, the only addition, there were no subtractions, coming over from the summit, looking to have more success and a little bit of a lower tier conference. Arkansas Little Rock, I've got at 7, who went 6-12 and 12 last year. Western Illinois went 500 in the Summit. And then Southeast Missouri State, coming off that conference tournament title, I've got them dropping significantly down to 8th in this conference. And then 9-11, to 11, I've all gotten the last tier. Southern Indiana had a great transitional year. I've been saying it over and over in these previous podcasts. For these lower tier conferences, these teams transitioning from D2 simply aren't struggling in their initial year, went 500. Lindenwood, though, had a, had a little bit more of a struggle than Southern Indiana did. They went 6-12. and 12. Southern Indiana, with that conference tournament being in Evansville, um, with the facility that they have, that unbelievable gym, when they get out of their phase of not being able to compete in the postseason in the NCAA tournament... Look out for that program to be able to potentially run this conference three or so, four years down the line. And then dead last, who finished dead last in this conference last year, I've got Eastern Illinois now in 11th with this being an 11-team league. So let's get started with Moorhead State. Coach Spraldon, bring him back two of his three leading scores. I watched them play Southeast Missouri, and Moorhead State typically does a great job. I think they were... 300s or something in the country in tempo, and they do a great job in this conference of forcing teams to play at their pace. That's why I think they won this conference by three games in the regular season, Um, but they didn't do it in the game that I watched them against Southeast Missouri State. At halftime, the score was like 50 to 49. They ended up losing 91 to 86. They were up 11 with 10 minutes to go, but simply not used to playing at that frenetic pace. And Philip Russell, Chris Harris took over for SEMO, got the win. But Mark Freeman's back. I was at the game where he eclipsed the 1,000-point scoring mark for his career. Went for 26, 4, 4, and 5 on an efficient 9 of 15 from the floor when I saw him. He is a flat-out scorer. Will be a senior this year. Averaged 15 points, 3 boards, 4 assists last year, shooting 36% from 3. 
Also, Drew Thelwell, 11-point-a-game guy, he's back. They lose Alex Gross, who was a D2 transfer, very productive inside for him, averaged 12.7.5 boards, and they went right back to that same formula in getting Riley Minix out of Southeastern, a D2 product that put up 25.5 points and 13.5 boards. We'll see if he can be even more productive than perhaps Gross was with returning Thelwell and Freeman. That would be a scary trio in this Ohio Valley Conference. Um, also, Khalil Thomas is back, 8.5 rebound a game guy for them a season ago. And Jordan Lathan, who sat out last year, transferred from Milwaukee, now healthy this year, averaged 7.5 and 5 at Milwaukee when he was healthy two years ago. So team brings back three of their top five, adds some nice transfers along with a couple guys that you know, we're role guys, a five-point-a-game guy at Houston Christian, um, a couple Juco's as well. To round out this roster, and I think this is the best team in the Ohio Valley, but follow closely behind them, are three others. SIU Edwardsville went 500 last year. I watched them play at UT Martin, lost 84-90. to 90. They were up three with under nine minutes, and then kind of went through a lull, a dry spell, and ultimately lost that game. But they bring back... Four of their top five leading scorers. The only one gone, D1 Pruitt, 11 point, nine board a game guy. Nice inside piece for them. The rotational guys will have to fill in inside, but the guards, they're all coming back. DeMarco Minor, 14 points, five and a half boards. Rayshon Taylor, 15 and a half points, four and a half boards, three assists. Shamar Wright averaged about 11 and four last year. Lamar Wright, Averaged about eight and three for them as well. So some key pieces in this rotation will be back again. Add a minimal playing role guy from Milwaukee. Add some Juco's along with that. Another guy that didn't get to see the floor at Longwood. So didn't do anything spectacular in the transfer market. But the continuity is why I'm high on SIU Edwardsville relative to what the rest of the league's returning. Tennessee State, I've got it three. They went 10-8 and eight last year, the exact same record as UT Martin, who I'll mention next. Tennessee State losing five of their top six, specifically J.R. Clay, 19 points, five boards, five and a half assists. That's a ton of production to have to replace. But Marcus Fitzgerald's back, Christian Brown's back. Both those guys averaged 12-plus last year. Fitzgerald, three boards, three assists to go along with it. Add in a guy that's familiar with the Ohio Valley Conference, Kenyon Hodges out of Eastern Illinois, to make that a scary trio in the backcourt. He averaged nearly 15 at EIU last year, three and a half boards, three assists. That guard trio is going to have to lead this team because inside they've got a lot of guys that are not proven. Brought in a Florida transfer, but he only played 11 and a half minutes. Brought in a, a Belmont transfer that played seven minutes. Um, another Belmont transfer that played 10. So outside of Hodges, didn't bring in any spectacular transfers, but that guard trio will be tough to stop. Can they get any inside production from any of the role guys? UT Martin at 10 and 8. I'd mentioned in my previous podcast that, um, you know, Ryan Ritter was my first interview. So thankful for that experience. And, you know, now I'm a Skyhawk fan just from that interview. They're losing two of their three leading scorers from their trio. All three of those guys average 14 plus. 
Parker Stewart and KJ Simon. But when I watched this team beat SIU Edwardsville at home, Jordan Sears was who shined, had 30 points and eight boards on an efficient 11 of 18. And also off the bench, they had Desmond Williams chip in 16, who looked to be a starter this year with what they lost. Their trio, two of them now gone. Look for Sears to be a 20-couple point-per-game guy. He's got that type of potential, maybe even more than that. I think he's going to be this next season one of the best scorers in the country. K.K. Curry, great athlete inside, nearly nine points, six boards. You've got three guys returning that averaged over eight points last year, bringing a New Mexico State transfer after that entire program essentially left. Nine points, five boards a game last year in the WAC. The OVC, my opinion, a little bit worse than the WAC. Maybe he can have a little bit of success. Also had a role guy from Hawaii, another minimal playing role guy at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, some JUCOs other than that out of Daytona State and out of Lakeland. For the remaining teams, I'll move a little bit quicker through these. Tennessee Tech went 11-7, finished second last year in the Ohio Valley, three games back of Moorhead. They lose three of their four leading scorers. And none of the freshmen that came, or excuse me, none of the transfers that came in played significant roles on their team uh, a season prior. Javis Harvey is the key returning leading piece for this team, averaged 12 points a game last year, but they lose three other double figure guys. I think this team will take a step back this season. They do return a decent amount of the rotational guys, fifth to eighth leading scorers, all back but all are going to have to step up and take on a bigger role this next year. Western Illinois loses their first three leading scores, so it's going to be rotational guys that have to step up right away for this team as they transition into the Ohio Valley. Um, they do bring in a D2 guy that averaged 17 and 6, not as productive as the Moorhead State D2 transfer I had mentioned, but still productive nonetheless transitioning now into D1. They've got two near double-figure guys back in Quinlan Bennett, Josiah West. Both averaged over five rebounds a game, nine and a half points a year ago. They're pretty veteran in their starting lineup with a lot of seniors. Who knows, maybe the step-down in competition, Western Illinois can contend in their first year. They also have a new coach, Rob Jeter, out after three years at Western Illinois. Their assistant got promoted, Chad Bordeaux. Little Rock went 6-12 and last year, losing their 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. 6th through ninth leading scorers, only bringing back their leader in D'Antoni Gordon. 14.6 boards last year and also their 5th leading scorer. But I've got them higher than some of these other teams due to what they did in the transfer market. Jamar Chaplin out of South Florida averaged 7.5 in the American. K.K. Robinson was highly touted. Um, went to Texas A&M. I think he was at Arkansas, maybe even before that. And now coming, stepping down in competition, coming over to Little Rock. Other than that, they've got a couple JUCOs and then a Boise State guy that played minimally. Um, Little Rock I have there at seven. And then SEMO, Southeast Missouri State at eighth. Losing their first to third leading scorers. Don't bring in any transfers that are overly exceptional. In fact, no D1 transfer played more than five and a half minutes a game last year. And those guys were at Indiana State, Murray State, and Tulsa. So it's not like these are power six guys that didn't get a play. 
They were at mid-majors and couldn't play there. 9-11, to Southern Indiana, Lindenwood, both in their second year transitioning from D2. Southern Indiana, I honestly thought when I saw them in person, watched them beat Eastern Illinois, get up 19 in that game, kind of dick around late and only win by four. They lose their six leading scorers. I mean, Jacob Polokovic was maybe the best rebounder, the most intentful rebounder I've ever seen live. Watch him go for 20 points in 24 rebounds in the game that I saw him against Eastern Illinois. He ended up averaging 12 and 13 last year. Big loss. Isaiah Swope, Jelani Simmons, Trevor Lakes, all of those guys averaged 12 or more last year, all gone. Their best transfer, Jordan Tillman, Averaged 10.5 at Florida A&M, so at least they got a double-figure scoring transfer to maybe lead the way from the point guard position for them. But outside of that, no one's ever averaged more than five points a game in Division I basketball. Going to be a step back from last year for Southern Indiana. Lindenwood went 6-12 and in their first transitional year. They lose five of their top six. Only key guy coming back is Keenan Cole. Averaged 13-6 and last year for him, but they also lose... Three double-figure scorers. And then lastly, Eastern Illinois. I look for them to, again, be at the bottom of the conference. They also lost five of their top six leading scorers on a team that went 5-13 and in this conference a year prior. I don't see much improvement for Eastern Illinois. Marty Simmons now in his third season there. That is my Ohio Valley rundown. I think it's a tight race with those four up at the top. Moorhead State bringing back two of their top three, adding in a top-notch D2 transfer. SIU Edwardsville bringing back four of their five leading scorers. Tennessee State doing just a little bit in the transfer market and bringing back two of their top three. UT Martin led by Jordan Sears. K.K. Curry, Desmond Williams. Can the other guys step up alongside them? Should be a fun race up at the top of the Ohio Valley Conference, but I look for Moorhead State to get revenge, not winning the conference tournament last year, and to do so this year, punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament.